Hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 33. Today is Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah Saturday the 30th. Saturday, November 30th. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Seelig. Alright, so we are back. Like we said, it was not on the week, but it's the weekend. It's actually one week exactly, I think, since we last recorded, I want to say. I don't know. The whole life... Like, this last month for me has just been blending together with all the shit I had I've had to do yeah but it's uh this is the episode we were talking about previously where last time we were literally just talking about shit we played stuff we watched everything else now we're like oh okay now we can actually tackle the news yeah there's a few new things to talk about like we're gonna cover uh some experiences with Call of Duty, The Mandalorian, and a couple others. And then the news is going to range from some older things like BlizzCon and uh, news about like The Long Night, uh, all the way to like newer things. I, I guess semi-newer, like XO19 and some Batman news. But otherwise, it's not going to be the newest, just because we didn't want to oversaturate it either. So this actually will be an episode where most likely it will be around an hour instead of two or over two. Yeah. So it's going to be a nice, a nice crisp uh, show length, I guess. I mean, like, I honestly think if we put everything on the list that was on the list from before, it, we, this episode could have been like three hours. Yeah. So we're trying not to do that. Yeah. And J- James saw the news I'm still going through, actually, that I'm, we're, I'm somewhat behind on just because of all the fucking Thanksgiving shit, Black Friday shit going on right now, so I haven't had time too much to go through everything yet, but I'm actually making a little bit of a... I'm starting to go a little bit faster. We'll see, though. But we'll start, as we always do, with uh, games we played. Uh, James, you, you don't have anything this week, right? No, nah, nothing new. I played, like, a decent amount of Death Stranding in the last couple of days that I've been here, but I haven't really gotten very far. I think I'm at least halfway through the game at this point but I, it's really hard to tell honestly i i want to so i i just installed it i want to play it i'm just kind of scared because i'm like oh this is gonna take a long time yeah and i'm like oh it's call of duty double xp weekend though, <laughs> so i could be playing death stranding or i could just shoot stuff and i like shooting stuff yeah so it's kind of it's really difficult to say, you know. I was also really tempted to play some Destiny this weekend because of Iron Banner being back, and I, I literally haven't played any Iron Banner this entire season. Oh shit! You should. The new armor sets are actually really yeah. Cool. They look really cool. Especially, yeah. I mean, granted, I'm kind of partial because my main character is a Titan, but that Titan armor is pretty sick. Yeah, I, I got it in the first round, and I have the. I got the bounties for this week, and I was uh, starting it, and then I saw the progress I was making after, like, three or four rounds, and I'm like, it barely made a dent. Mm. It feels like they slowed down the progress for the bounties. I'm not too sure, because it's Pinnacle Gear now. Oh. But uh, either that or I sucked. I'm not really sure, (laughs) because I wasn't really in it so much. I was just kind of like, I'm playing, but I wasn't as interested, which I realized. I'm like, I need to take a little bit of a a break. I, I got, like, the quest done for, like, the Undying uh what's it called the fucking uh season of the undying and stuff yeah. so i was like uh, i i could there's some stuff i do want to finish before the season's over but i'm not really i i want it that's why i want to focus on like call of duty and death stranding more. yeah like i so badly want to play destiny but i have finals coming up in a week i just don't i know i'm not gonna have time to play anything for like the next week for sure okay i did actually though i played call of duty Modern warfare i already talked about the multiplayer it's awesome but I actually went through the campaign 
I went through the story mode on realism, which is the highest difficulty. It's like veteran mode, but uh, a little bit more realistic where there's no HUD. Ooh, okay. So it's just you're there. There's, you can't tell. You don't have a reticle. Or no, you have a... I guess you still have a reticle, I think. Uh, you don't have like a crosshair on the screen. Yeah, it's more I feel like, like iron sights would still Yeah, work. you just have iron sights, really. Okay. Uh, but there's no... You don't know how much ammo you have. Mm. Uh, you don't know really anything. Like, you're getting, just starts clicking and you're like, oh, like, that's how you'll know if you run out, pretty much. But it was, oh, holy shit, guys, it was great. Like, if, I, I haven't, I haven't played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I haven't played Outer Worlds, and I haven't played Death Stranding yet. Playing the campaign for Call of Duty plus the multiplayer, honestly, I'm like, ooh, I almost want to say this could be my game of the year. Really? I, I like it that much. I hmm. really, really like this one. And keep in mind, too, the last time I really liked Call of Duty was probably, like, between, like, from Call of Duty um, 4 Modern Warfare to Black Ops 1. And then after that, I started falling off. And then once the new generation started and Ghost came out, that was the first one I didn't buy. And I didn't buy anything since until Black Ops 4, which, like I said, I was very just kind of... Eh, about until mm. I have someone to play with. Hint, you should probably yeah, bring no, it with I'm, you this time. I'm gonna bring it back today. Yeah, bring with it with me tomorrow. You try the fucking blackout. <laughs> if shit. I have time to play anything, like playing a round or two of blackout, I could probably fit in. Cool. My schedule. So we'll, we'll see if that's worth it. Because if yeah. not, honestly, if we if there's nothing going on with it, then I'm straight up. I'm just gonna sell it. Mm. But uh, for this game, like I, it just it hits everything I want. To a point where I was like, yo, I don't care about Battlefield anymore either. Like, it's like, I Battlefield 5 was like 15 bucks. And I just didn't even buy it. I was like, I don't need this. I got Call of Duty. I don't even, like, I could play it. I could play the campaign. And I just have no interest. Not to mention I still have to play the Battlefield 1 campaign. But until I see a bad company 3, I don't give a shit. Uh, for the most part, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But, alright, so the campaign. When... It says it's going to be, like, a more realistic campaign. Not for realism mode, but just, like, more modern now. They are not joking. Like, uh, it's it's very, very brutal. It's very... Yeah. Like, people watch it, they would be like, Oh, gee! Like, they would, they'd be like, what the fuck am I watching right now? Like, more so or less than in, like, Modern Warfare 2 when you straight up, like, mow down, like, a civilian airport. That's fucking child's play now. Really? I am dead serious. Damn. Uh, People lost their minds over that. I mean, that one was more like, oh, God, you could be killing civilians. And this one, it's not really like you're doing that. But the situations that are there, what you're seeing, the stuff you're seeing, it's very much like, I'll put, without spoiling things, like, have you ever seen... A child kill a soldier. I mean, not in real life, no. <laughs> Have you ever played as a child and killed a soldier? But uh, you don't kill him straight away. Like, you're straight up, like, stabbing him piece by piece, running okay, away, hiding, no, while like, he searches to kill you. And no, then... The you closest to... thing I could think of would be, like, in Metal Gear, Raiden's, like, backstory is he used to be a child soldier. But that's, like, backstory. That's you don't backstory. actually see it. Yeah, so no. Yeah. Nothing close. This one you actually are. This one you see a dead child. This one you see, like, just, it's it's very, uh, they really try to make it realistic. Of Like, this is what it's like. And you're like, shit. 
And I know there were people, I think other, like, I've seen some journalists on, on like, gaming sites and other things say, like, they pushed it too far, they did all this stuff, and it's like, it just, it sounds a lot like a lot of people that are just uncomfortable seeing real shit and stuff they play, going basically like, you're ruining my escape of just perfectly fun, good times where I don't have to care about anything, and it's like, oh, sorry that something is real for you for a second. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really, it re honestly, they did a fantastic job. Not saying like, oh, it's fun watching this, but it's like, it really, you're like, it's a story. It's like during a movie that's like dramatic and there's stakes and there's like things that are happening and you're just like, oh, that's horrible. But you're not like, I'm having a, you're not being like, oh my God, this is so fun. But you're like, I'm glad I'm watching this or doing this experience because this is like, you want to watch this. Uh, or understand it. It's like that with this game. Like, it actually does that. Which, I will say, of course, like, uh, the multiplayer is just multiplayer after that. Like, it's, it's you're just playing a game where you're just shooting a bunch of people and it's like regular Call of Duty and you're like, oh, right. it's just Call of Duty. But that story, like, it, it really does, it feels good. It's not like previous ones where you're like, look, it's insert famous actor here for sales, like, what, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Uh, what's his face Kid from Law & Order SVU that plays Elliot? Kid, uh, fucking Jon Snow. Yeah, he uh, he was in, in Infinite Warfare. Warfare. Yeah, yeah. So it's like no, it's not like that at all, and it really it it brings me to believe I don't want to spoil things. Like if it if they, they said it was like a reboot of sorts, if they didn't make another Modern Warfare, like this is basically it could be a prequel. I won't say how or what, but basically it feels like it's a prequel to the original Modern Warfare games. But it, you can easily see how they can reimagine Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare and make it into a brand new game. Interesting. It's okay. like, they, they could really do it, and I honestly want them to do it. Like, the, the what happens is, in this game, it, there's no future shit where you're jumping off walls and stuff like when you're running you could slide that's about it and you're not like overly crazy power sliding it's just like you slide you get into cover a really cool thing i really like where it's it they really did get a lot of the real stuff like i was talking to a coworker that was actually former military and like when you're breaching a house and clearing it out like you go into a house there's families in there and there's like crying women and children and shit and then like you'll find a woman that's like, please, oh shit, God, no. And then she reaches for a gun, and you fucking, you just shoot her. And you're like, she, she had a gun, she's gonna shoot me. And it's like, oh fuck, this is how this is. If you don't, it, literally, if you don't shoot her, she will kill you. <clears throat> and it's like crazy how they just, like, they really do it where it's like, oh shit, in real life, that probably does happen, where you breach a house and there's someone, just, like, they're like, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, joke, fucking got you. Yeah. Like, it, it's It's insane. And, like, when soldiers are going up, when the troops are going up the, stair the stairs, like, they're single file, slowly, just, like, not even going fast, they're just, like, full row, very close together, and my coworker was like, yeah, that's, that's how they would do it, exactly, and I was like, fuck, I, didn't, I never knew that, and also, there was a slight change with the guns, too, where, you know, usually when you're moving, when you have a gun, uh, it's just, when you aim, you point it straight. Sure. Normal. In this one, you're not necessarily like you're you're uh, bending. You're, you're not bending the gun itself, but basically so doing like, like a Counter Strike thing where you're kind of like aiming around a corner. It'll bend the 
yeah, the gun goes to the side, and yeah, it's that that full style. And it doing tilts. that, really, you see a visible change there, hmm. and it's it's really a really good improvement. And it, it's a it's a far cry from like. Uh, the developer is Infinity Ward. Like, these guys... Originally, Infinity Ward was the guys that created Call of Duty. And then they did, like, the Modern Warfare series. And then all the important... Like, the main people that did all these things left right after Modern Warfare 2 came out. And they started Respawn. They started Respawn and made Titanfall and stuff. And then now, now you have a Jedi Fallen Order, too. And the Medal of Honor game come to Oculus and Apex and all this other stuff. And right. eventually Titanfall 3. But... Uh, basically, like, there was this kind of whatever leftover bare-bones whatever team at Infinity Ward, and then they made, honestly, not good games. They made Ghost. They made Infinite Warfare. They made... Uh, what, what else was, did they make? Was that it? Uh, I I want to say, yeah, because I don't think they made Advanced Warfare, because they... That was Sledgehammer. That was Sledgehammer. Yeah, so they basically, they made the two least popular Call of Duty games. And yeah. it, it just was not good. And then eventually, though, they hired new people. They merged them with Neversoft, which I love Neversoft. They're the guys that actually, they did Tony Hawk. <laughs> They're like, hey, quick, put the Tony Hawk guys on this. But uh, they made a game called Gun, which is an awesome Western. They also did some of the Guitar Hero games. So they actually do a good amount of stuff. And I think they did, like, the only interesting part of Ghost, which is, like, this... Uh, mode instead of zombies it was like aliens or yeah some it shit. was basically call of duty zombies but aliens instead i yeah. think it was like invasion or something like that i forget but basically they they they're good and they merged them with them and then they've also hired people from they've rehired people from respawn and then they also hired like story people from naughty dog i can't remember if it was like people person whatever if it was like one or more uh but basically they they like got good talent to really like make this the best it could be and it paid off and this is like oh shit infinity wards like back and it's different but it's like the top dog again because treyarch was doing great with world of war black ops and then i guess you could say black ops 2 and then it kind of it was it became the mainstay after like the infinity ward shift but the black ops 3 and 4 just kind of to me kind of made it like after playing the campaign for black ops 3 and then just trying what i have so far black ops 4 i was just kind of like ah they're they're fine like mm. they're not bad it's just they're not they don't hit the notes they used to with stuff like they don't even have a campaign anymore it's like different plus they're appealing to like the fortnite stuff with the fucking battle royale and things like that but but back to my warfare itself so the game like you you play as a Marine, you play as an SAS uh, guy without spoiling anything. Like, it's got Captain Price in it. There are some other characters from the Modern Warfare series that are in this. This is why you're like, oh, it's a prequel. I'm not going to say who. And there's a really good reveal. If you, if you actually like the characters specifically from Call of Duty 4 and Modern Warfare, you're going to get... Good, either good cameos, good surprises of like, oh, cool, he's in this, or like fucking twist of like, he was him the whole time. I'm not gonna say who, hmm. but it was such, it was so good when I found out who a certain person was that you play. I guess you could say is, I'll say someone you play as. You don't know who they are the whole time, and then you find out their their name. 
And if you like the the first Call of Duty Modern Warfare, like it, it just it, it puts a big smile on your face, and you're like, oh fuck, it was them the whole time. Uh, but it it really is it really is like this is the Call of Duty to buy. This is the Call of Duty to throw your money into. I I would never say this within like with anything else the last like six seven years or so, if not more, but. I, I really love this game. Uh, the campaign, like I said, it's it's the best Call of Duty campaign I've ever played. Really? Hands down. Uh, yeah, it just... Well, okay, so it, it in terms of just evolution and being something different, it does a great job. I would say, actually, like... It's up to at least top three, because my other favorites are the campaign for Call of Duty 4 and then the World at War campaign. Uh, Modern Warfare 2 kind of gets a little ridiculous, but it's good. And so it's like the Black Ops 1 campaign. I but remember liking Mo- uh, Call of Duty 3. I want to say, like, replaying Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, like the Call of Duty 4, uh, it, the campaign was great, but it's it, it lacks the depth that I thought it had before. It was just basically like, go here, go here, fight this. And this happens, and this one's more of, like, actually a full story of, like, these are these characters, here's a little bit more depth on them, this is how they are, because there's actual things of, like, how far are you willing to go to get answers from a person? Hmm. Uh, what Are you going to torture them? Are you going to do something worse? Are you going to play to something else? It's like, uh, to, to kind of really sum up the game easily in, in, in a certain part of the game which they also say in the trailer captain someone uh one of the characters you play as uh, asks captain price he's like where does the where where do we uh, where does the line hold like where does the line stop what where do we not cross the line and captain price is just like the line goes as far as we need it to go hmm. or the the line goes to where you need it to be to get what you need done basically so it's like there is no line until you make that line you have to, like, it's like, do you think this crosses the line? It, it gets into a whole thing. I don't want to go deeper, but basically, fucking get this game. It's it's great. All right. Okay, so this is where you know more than I do for gaming news. Uh, the announcements from BlizzCon, if you want to sound off on those. I don't have a list. You don't have a list? All right, so we had... Well, you have more. You have more thoughts on the games that were like it's been a while, so like I forget all the things that they talked about. I know right, they announced so, uh, Overwatch Two. Overwatch Two. Start with that. Are yeah, your thoughts because you play it. I don't. I don't give a like, shit about that game. I really like Overwatch, the one that's out currently. It's just a really fun, uh, like hero shooter. Like, I kind of liked Team Fortress Two when that was uh, popular, but. There were only, like, five characters, and, like, they, I guess that was, like, on purpose. They just wanted basically one of each uh, class, I guess, to cover, like, a specific role. But Overwatch, they, they're they just, like, here's, like, 30 different heroes. Like, they find one or two that you really like to play as. And there's just so much variety that even though there was no campaign to the first game, it felt like it had, like endless replayability for me at least because each match was so very different depending on who like the skill of who you're playing with or against and who everyone is playing as it was just really really fun and a lot of variety so that's why i played it for so long and it's just cool that um 
Blizzard has, since it came out, just continuously added more maps, more characters every once in a while. So there's even like even at the launch, I was like, there's so much variety to each game, and it only became more and more like variety with the more they added to the game. So when they started, when there started to be rumors about an Overwatch two at last year's BlizzCon, which they ended up not talking about it, I was just like. Why would they do an Overwatch 2? It's like Overwatch 1's only been out for like a couple of years. There's like in they when they're already it just out? was it like 2016? Something like that. I I'd have to look to be sure, but it's been at least 2 or 3 years. But I don't know, it just seemed like they already have a good thing going. Why build an entirely new game when you could just keep adding new characters to your existing game and then like have loot boxes for shit for people to buy if they don't want to just like level up and get shit slowly uh but i guess like the one main thing that makes me interested in overwatch 2 is that there is a campaign but it looks like kind of a half-baked idea for a campaign in my opinion maybe they just didn't want to talk about it in too much depth but basically they just talked about like a few missions from around the globe that you go uh, to and it seems like there's some new omnic uprising or whatever or like the bad guys from the previous omnic um, uprising which is they're they're the robots of this world oh okay like basically at some point ai was created and now there's just like basically androids walking around the streets like asking for rights well, at least at this point, it started off with like a straight up war between the Omnics and the humans because the, the Omnics were like, you'll never give us our rights. We have to take them. Uh, and there's still like a small subset, apparently, of the Omnics called uh, Null Sector, I think. And like they seem to be the bad guys of Overwatch 2. But like w- at least one of the heroes... Two of the heroes in Overwatch 1 are Omnics. Uh, Zenyatta is one of my favorite healers. And he is basically like a Omnic monk. And then there's like Orisa, who's a really awesome tank. I, she's really fun. Oh, and then there's Bastion, who is a literal tank. Or can turn into a tank. Anyway. Uh, I don't know. Just if my I have mixed feelings about Overwatch 2. Because like it's cool that they're bringing out like a game with a sort of campaign but it doesn't look like a really well fleshed out story or anything because they're the missions are meant to be played multiplayer and they're meant to be played over and over i guess i heard them described as like similar in style to destiny um strikes yeah and if that's like the whole campaign it's just like that feels like something they could attack onto overwatch one so i don't know i just it for me, they have not given me that meant like a good reason why they are making a whole Overwatch two instead of just continuously updating the first one like they've already been. Or doing. the transfer because obviously this is probably going to be like next gen. Yeah, I could see that. Like the like there. That could I, be honestly. I feel like that's probably why. That's also actually that would make a lot of sense. I was gonna say like it it makes <laughs> well it makes sense that they would have versions for the next consoles, but they're probably still gonna have Overwatch two copies for like PS four and Xbox One. Oh yeah, but they'll it, obviously probably be lesser than the like it's yeah. like when Destiny came out on 
PS3 and 360 besides PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll show me more of Overwatch 2 like before it comes out to make me more excited for it. I'm probably going to get it at some point anyway just because like, I really like the first one. And if the, if the second one is basically where everyone goes to play it now and like the servers for the first one die, I'll go over to Overwatch 2. But at the same time, like ever since the like Hong Kong controversy with Blizzard, I literally have like not felt like playing any of their games. Like I I was sort of looking forward to Overwatch coming out on Switch to get it there, but I just I haven't felt like giving them another like 60 bucks for that at this point. So, I don't know if they still haven't fixed their like like issue like po- politics issues or they whatever. Didn't. What? They didn't. Yeah, I know, that's the thing. Like, we might get into it in a bit, but, like, I I don't think that their, air quotes, apology was a satisfactory apology because they haven't fixed anything. Yeah. They barely even addressed what was, what the problem was. I mean, it was just really, whoever the dude was just sidestepping everything, just, like, kind of tiptoeing, being like, you know, we appreciate blah, blah, I didn't mention Blitchtone once. Uh, yeah. He very much, it, it was very much just, like, Oh. It felt like PR speak of like you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't admit fault. Yeah. It was it was very much just watching or not what I didn't watch it, but I just like after reading everything about it and then listening to other people talk about it, I was like, oh well I'm not playing anything Blizzard anyway. Yeah. I I don't have to worry about shit. (laughs) Which like speaking of, does the other game interest you that they announced Diablo Diablo 4 yeah it would but like I don't know I've never been that into Diablo until Diablo 3 came out and like I didn't get it on console or no I didn't get it on PC but when it came to console I was like okay I'll give it a try and for whatever reason it didn't grab me on PlayStation 3 the whole loot game didn't really interest me I thought the story was like convoluted and like just unnecessarily complicated. And also maybe it's just because I'm get, coming into the story in the third game and I have no idea what happened in the first two. And you're just kind of like, do I really want to play the other two? Uh, not really. And yeah, and like even still, it's like it's hard to go back and play those games unless you have... Aged as all hell. You know, there's that and it's also like, at least for me personally, they are... I don't know if they run on Mac. So even if I wanted to oh, try yeah, it... Oh no, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Well, you don't get that grave yourself. That's fair. But, like, well, actually, like, if I could play Diablo 3 on my Mac, I feel like the other two might be possible, but whatever. Uh, but, strangely enough, when I bought it on Switch, because it came to Switch eventually as, like, a full, all the DLC, everything edition for Switch, and I got that, and I got really into it then. So, I don't know why it clicked for me then, but, like, I do see why it's so fun to play Diablo. Maybe it's because... I just didn't like how the Barbarian played, and that's how I played on PlayStation, because he's, uh, like, the most generic of characters. And then, uh, for Switch, it came with the Necromancer, and he's so much more fun to play as. So, maybe it's just, like, you gotta find the character, you like, who has the play style you're into, and yeah. then it gets really, really fun. So, and I thought the trailer for Diablo 4 was really intriguing, but, again, I just was so... 
like I was hoping that they would uh, do like a satisfactory apology and they didn't and everything after that I was like well I, I just don't care nice okay uh that. and that's that's literally why in the last like few weeks that I've been so busy ramping up to like the end of midterms and finals I've had that uh like urge to like play a little bit of hearthstone or a little bit of overwatch because those are things I can play for like a half hour and be done or whatever and every single time I'm like I just don't want to give Blizzard my time even at this point yeah. until they like fix their issues or whatever. Yeah, for but me, it's I'm like, not holding my breath. <laughs> I got that, and it's like uh, besides actually real fast, they also announced this is less important, like I guess lesser, but uh, another expansion to World of Warcraft Shadowlands. Uh, yeah, news about WoW's WoW Classic, but we don't really care about that stuff. Uh, and then some Hearthstone stuff, uh, another expansion called Descent of Dragons. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. I mean, but Hearthstone is always fun, and the expansions that they do are really, really cool. But I don't know. I just I rarely feel like spending twenty, thirty bucks on an expansion for a mobile card game. Yeah, and it's uh, for me like it's honestly like for me, I only played World of Warcraft. I fell asleep playing it. I didn't like it, yeah. and it's an MMO. Um, we already talked about that last week about how MMOs are like basically that's that's all you're playing. It's yeah. just one game, and it's like backlogs and other shit like that's not gonna happen so that game is just that's a definite no for me dog and then overwatch is the least interesting of them all to me really yeah i just don't give a shit about that game dude i don't i i like real honestly i i kid you not i really just like more realistic modern shooters and stuff like halo and do you things like that do you even like the uh the short videos that they do I don't give a shit. I watched really? them and I was like, oh, people cried about this. And Dude, I, I was like straight up tearing up uh, for the trailer for Overwatch 2. Cause, just because like, I love those characters so much and seeing them all like in such peril. And then like basically like a bunch of characters from the first game show up to save the day. And you're just like, holy fuck, that was like amazing. Like, I don't uh, yeah, I don't want to recount the whole trailer. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't care about that shit, dude. I just don't. It's just me. Eh, but that's fair. It's not my cup of tea. Uh, then Diablo would be so. Wow's out. Overwatch is like at the bottom of the other list of uh, just I haven't played. Or I played a little bit, and I was like, I don't like this. But uh, Diablo, I would be interested in. But also, I got enough open world or like big kind of looter fucking RPG type games anyway. I don't need this. What interests me right now is, like, the old Warcraft, like, Warcraft 3, which they're making a HD on. Yeah, so I'd be that's kind of that. cool. So, really, honestly, there's two games. I, right now, if I could get two games, or the only two games I want is StarCraft and StarCraft 2. Uh, I've always wanted to play those just because I'm big into RTSs, so that is the most appealing thing that Blizzard has that I would want. Is the, the yeah. star, They did the remaster of StarCraft, so that's if I bought anything from Blizzard right now, it would be that. But with everything going on as well, plus the amount of shit I got, dude, yeah, I, I, and it's not going anywhere. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm completely fine being Blizzard free for another year or two at the very, <laughs> yeah, for honestly like that much time. I mean, I've never been that into uh, RTSs, but if you're into RTSs, you probably would actually really like StarCraft. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard a lot of top-notch stuff RTSs. About it too, yeah. Uh, yeah that's that's also really... just an interesting world that they set up for that i'll give them that that it's like it's a yeah. really cool world i just don't jive with the like rts uh gameplay i just never have i don't know why and well well honestly we're gonna get into more of my love of rts's when we get to the x19 
news, which is coming very shortly. But uh, and besides all that, really, yeah, that's actually that's really all the Blizzard stuff. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't too many things. Yeah, I thought it was a lot more because Blizzard, but I guess not too much. All right, uh, that leads into the well, it doesn't lead it, but next thing is there's new leadership in Sony. So this is pretty pretty big, but uh, the what was it? Uh, Sean Layden. So he was the we talked about before the the chair of Sony Worldwide Studios, I believe. Yeah. He's gone, and then also Shuhei Yoshida was the. Uh, he has a new title now. He was the head of Worldwide Studios. Yeah. Right? And he stepped down. Or stepped to the side. Yeah, he, he did something different. So basically, though, I forgot. I think it was Greg Miller was talking about it. Honestly, this is from Greg Miller from mm-hmm. the Kind of Funny podcast or Kind of Funny whatever Kind of Funny. Uh, he talked about how. There were two roles for basically leadership of Sony Worldwide Studios. And it that honestly doesn't make too much sense, I guess, when you really think about it. Or I guess like they split different types of jobs and whatnot, but now it seems like they've made it into one. And so now the new head is actually Herman Holst. So he's the head of Worldwide Studios. It's just one name now. There's no chair. There's no... Whatever, it's just head of Worldwide Studios. Just one person. James, do you know who Herman Holst is? If not, I can give a quick... uh... I didn't know him by name, but apparently... Like, the articles that I saw when this first came out said he was the head of Guerrilla Games? Yes, he is the head of Guerrilla Games pretty much since, like, the old Killzone and stuff like that. Like, uh, he's been there for a long time. uh, Since, basically, Guerrilla was really, like one of the mainstay studios Sony had anyway. Like, uh, Killzone was the shooter. There was no resistance for a while. Yeah. And really, like, there weren't... There was no Horizon. There was no Days Gone. There was no uh, Death Stranding. No Last of Us, Uncharted. It was Killzone. And, like, I guess, like, like the Ratchet, the Ratchet and Jack Daxter <laughs> fucking Sly games and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. More of like the those types of platformers, but Gorilla has been there forever, and Herman Holst was basically in charge of it all. And now they're basically saying he's the head of it all, and because they, they're also talking about a next gen change, they want to change in leadership for the next gen because they want a more global, uh, a more global uh, united like what would you call it? Um, a global front, I guess you could say. Yeah. Because uh, apparently, like, in the last few months, I learned a lot about basically different uh, inner, inner, I guess, skirmishes between, like, Europe and America and stuff. Of, like, the differences between Europe, America, and Japan for the type of leadership for Sony, and it just gets tugged in all these different directions, and there's no full unity within the company. So with Terminal Holes there, it's supposed to be like, all right, we have a European in charge now. But also, like, he, it's more of a global thing where it's, like, everyone's going to be in the same page or same, like... Yeah. Same more cohesive team. Yeah. To just really, like, get it done. Like, hopefully, with this going on, it's going to be better for all the studios because that means he's going to be in charge of all the studios, the first party. Uh, he'll be going through, checking out the games and everything else. But also, that means I feel like if it's, like, someone like him in charge for, the, like, for most of it marketing and everything else will be improved and just they'll everything should be improved hopefully like the, that kind of decision making 
uh, making really the name go out there for things. Whereas now Shuhei Yoshida will be in charge of indies. Yeah, apparently. Which, which is, is actually really cool. Um, yeah. I mean, he tweets about indie games all the freaking time. Yeah, so he it, loves It makes them. a lot of sense for him. And so he's going to be uh, really, like, working with indie studios, connecting with them with Sony, which everyone thought Sony was pushing away from indies now, but it seems like if you're putting someone that big in charge of working with indies, yeah, that means there's going to be, at least I'm thinking, basically with PS5, there's going to be a giant partnership going forward. We're going to see like a lot, like if they do like a giant thing where they did the reveal for PS4, they're going to show a lot of, they might show like a, a certain amount of mainstay, like first party games of like maybe the launch title that's a first party and maybe something else coming out that year. And then they're going to show a bunch of third-party stuff like they did previously. Like we saw Destiny up there. We're going to see some other shit, I'm sure, that's going to be big uh, with their partnerships that they have. And then they're going to have a third branch, which will be Indies and that kind of thing. Like I, I, I see that as the three pillars of games that they're going to show. And Shuhei will be basically heading that portion, which is really cool. Uh, it's really That's really the news about that. It's just really interesting to see that kind of shakeup. And for the first time, like, kind of with the previous uh, people stepping down and everything else, it's been a little like, uh, is this good? Is this bad? I can't tell. Like, what, there's no, there's not much word about this. People are silent. But this, this is like, oh, this is actually fantastic news. I'm excited to see what they do now. Well, I was already excited to see what they do because they've been very lull on news for the most part since they've left E3 and all that kind of thing. So. yeah. I mean, they've had, like, a few of those, like, smaller state of play things, but nothing, like, blockbuster huge. Yeah. But Okay, so next up is Apple, because they're not done yet. Thought we were done with just the whole Apple Arcade stuff and maybe eventually talking about the Apple TV Plus, but no, they're, uh, they're going to be entering into the VR, AR, so virtual reality and augmented reality market and they're making their own headsets now yeah i've been i've been seeing rumors about that for like a long time but i never like is there like newer uh stories about this or something like that uh not too much basically that the the aim is to have a release in 20 between 2021 to 2022 so we got a couple years but in that well more or less two years Till then, like, it's really, like, we'll see how that goes for their yeah. VR. And then, apparently, AR glasses are going to be coming out as early as 2023. And everything will have, like, movies, games, and everything else. So, honestly, it sounds like a lot in line of the Oculus, of the Vive, of the PSVR, of what yeah. they're trying to do with it. I mean, Apple's been making a huge push for at least augmented reality for the last few years. I mean, every... Like, I think, at least for the last few years, every... um Oh god, their their conference, the Worldwide Developer Conference, or whatever, yeah. like the one that's not them announcing new hardware; it's new software stuff, like that show. Yeah, uh, they always make a point of saying like, "Here are updates coming to our augmented reality kit that is like baked into all of our Apple products." Like they are, they also have been doing this thing where like, if you want, if you're looking at something on their website and you're looking at it on an iPhone, at least for like the Mac Pro that they were showing off like last year, 
they allowed you to use the uh, camera of the iPhone to basically like check out the Mac Pro to scale with that augmented reality software. Yeah. So they're trying to make a, uh, that like more of a common thing. And if you could just like bake that into some glasses, that'd be wicked cool. Yeah, and honestly, like uh, the cool th- the the interesting thing about this is they were you could see why it's like oh this is kind of late guys, but at the same time it's kind of smart. These are going to be standalone headsets, which means you don't connect them to a computer mm. or a PlayStation or anything like that. These are like they basically waited. They watched everyone else do that and go go through that kind of wave of like now people are starting to go more wireless. Uh, you still have like the Vive pro or vive and the oculus rift s currently that are still connecting to the computers uh psvr has whatever amount of fucking cables that i'm sure the yeah they're they're, they're probably gonna for that come out with an iteration that's like post ps5 and it will be like more along the lines of like the rift s most likely i I really hope that for the playstation 5 they announce like along with it a new playstation headset that's like wireless i doubt it it's they don't they don't want to take away from one they don't want to put too many cooks in the kitchen you know Eh, that makes some sense i don't know we'll see i I doubt that like i doubt that vr is ever going maybe not ever i doubt for now vr is not going to be a main selling point of playstation 5 it's definitely going to be a part of it at some point that's what i that's why I'll, I'll easily hold off and just see, like I said, like, there these new iterations coming out and the games that are coming with them are starting to actually get me interested. Like, Medal of Honor for Oculus Rift is the first thing that's really made me, t- like, turn my head and be like, oh, we might be doing this, lads, and yeah, that kind of thing. But with Apple, it really just depends what they have with it. Like, what, what market are they going to push into? Are they going to have access to Steam games? Are they going to have their own exclusives like it's that kind of thing that begs the question besides like their hardware honestly apple is usually pretty good at this stuff besides like fucking macbooks and shit and their limited capabilities <laughs> uh they they could really do some state-of-the-art shit with these headsets it just depends on like really what what happens it just depends on what they have not in the hardware but the software what, what what's going to make me want to buy this over something else that may not be as oh, this is, like, fucking made out of glass or your crazy fucking iPhone yeah. magic. But instead, like, well, this game is fucking Star Wars Medal of Honor. The Apple one doesn't have that. All right, I'm going to get the other one. Yeah, I was expecting the, uh, like, just because Samsung made it a huge push for the Galaxy uh, line, they, they like, made a VR headset that you just strap your phone into. And then that's, like, that's ch- still, I think, probably the cheapest entry into... Like, just experiencing VR, and it just uses your phone. Yeah. And I was just like, that's a really cool idea. Like, I wonder if Apple will ever do something like that. And it sounds like they're going for more like a full-on separate device, not like you just strap your phone to your face. Which, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Alright, so we're going to go to the now announcements from XO19. Uh, We're not going to cover all of them, potentially, but... We'll also probably be very brief on some because some were interesting, some weren't. Uh, we'll just kind of I'll, I'll go by a name and we'll see if we want to really go through it. So right. first off, uh, Rare announces its new game Everwild, which uh, do you see that one? The trailer looked really pretty. I I like I have been a fan of Rare in the past, but in the past. How'd you like Sea of Thieves? Uh, I tried. 
I'm not. I think I tried like the. How'd beta. you like Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, James? Was that an, a real Banjo and Kazooie game? Yeah, that was 360. Oh no, I know it was a real game that existed. I'm just saying, like, was that really a Banjo and Kazooie game? I don't know. I'm just working, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I can actually say that, <laughs> but not actually for rare. I don't do that at yeah. all. Well, nothing close to that. I have no. I have no power. Like, I don't know. It's like Rare has had some good games in the past. Yeah, Nuts Nuts and Bolts was like a weird offshoot of. Uh, Banjo Kazooie. Uh, anyway, back to the back to this. We gotta we gotta stand yeah. off like that. But yeah, so Everwild. Uh, not much though besides it. Like it was just really a trailer of yeah. like, oh check this out. It's just like it's a new world. It from reminds me of like, one of those more pretty... like arty looking indies. I yeah. guess that's like check out the world. Which we'll we'll see more about it. But at this for now, I'm just kind of like. I'm gonna be honest. Probably in within a week, I might forget that it's even a thing. Until they have another trailer. It really depends on what it even is. Yeah, because for now, there's not too much about it. It didn't, like... It's not something that really draws you in, like, holy shit, it does kind of like that thing that all the other kind of, like, more atmospherical-type games of, like, check out this cool environment, and, like, yeah. it looks very... I don't know, like, it's sweet, but, like, it just has that feeling of... that. Like I said, certain indie games do. I couldn't tell if it was a... Like a single player adventure game or like a multiplayer survival game. Yeah, it, we'll we'll see, I guess. But another game which I was very surprised how fast this is coming. Out of Worlds, uh, but not, uh, Obsidian. Mm-hmm. They announced a new game called Grounded, which is it, it seems very much like uh, check it out. We're ants, but we're kid sized ants. Oh, and we're trying to survive, and it's crazy. It looked actually pretty interesting. Uh. I don't know much about it besides, like, it seems like it's going to be a kind of E-for-everyone survival game. Because yeah. it's like, oh, you're playing as kids, you're doing stuff with bugs, so there's a lot more they can get away with. Which is funny, because Outer Worlds is, like, the complete opposite of maturity level there, where it's like, you know, kids can't play this, whereas this one is like, it's for all ages, and there's some cool shit it looks like you're going to be able to do. But it's, yeah, it's like bugs and kids and yeah. being, it's basically hot. It's, I feel like, I was like, you know, they combined Honey, I Shrunk the Kids with the movie Ants. Man. I can't wait to play. That's yeah. what I thought this was. It's just Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Ants had a baby and it was this game. Yeah, the only survival game that I've ever been actually interested in was Ark. But that was because it's like a survival game. Did that game. seem like it was Ark? Were you building bases it looked like? I, I didn't see any of that in the trailer for uh, this one. Um, I thought you were building grounded? something in it. In Grounded? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Well, they, I think it is. Yeah, I think it's Well, like the thing Ark is, they kids. called it a survival game, and that's what Ark is, and that's what Rust is. Like, it, it's, the, yeah, it's probably that. It's that genre of game, but just for a everyone audience, because it's, it's the same thing Sea of Thieves, where, yeah, this is for all ages, really. Like, yeah. anyone can play it. Well, that's the thing. It, it basically, it's like they all have the basic same gameplay or basically the same gameplay so what really draws me to one more than another is the setting to it and i don't know i am a little bit interested in obsidian's take of like it's a survival game but you're like shrunk down and fighting bugs and shit like that is a little bit interesting and then next game uh ninja theory uh, their game bleeding edge which was previously announced they have a new release date for it now uh march 24th 2020 so this year it's actually coming on xbox one i thought it was gonna be next gen sooner than i thought uh this game like pretty much it seems like it's a overwatchy type game right kind of i don't remember if i saw a trailer for it's like all these unique characters and it's like arena style fights 
it seemed very oh. much like Unreal Tournament, Over uh, Overwatch, Team Fortress style fighting, basically. Oh. But basically, it's kind yeah, of yeah. I kind of remember that. Yeah. So it 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 doesn't interest me at all. Just kind of, like I said, I don't care about Overwatch. I don't care about Team Fortress. I don't care about any of these games. Uh, that's not my. It's just not my genre, really. It, that's what it comes down to. It's not well, the game itself. It's just the genre for me. What interests me is that like, not so much the new game itself, but that Ninja Theory has made some pretty interesting games in the past, like Hellblade. No, Heavenly Sword, that which was like a launch game for PlayStation Three. Oh, that game was fucking awesome. Like that game was really cool. Yeah, that was one of the that was one of the best early games because for a while there weren't too many good ones, so this one really stood out. And I never got around to Hellblade, but I really want to play it at some point because it's just like, as it, like I heard it's like a sound designer's dream. Apparently, that I've definitely heard is that the sound design is amazing. I think partially because you are supposed to be someone who may be like schizophrenic and listening and hearing yeah, yeah, voices. It, it does have some mental. So in, yeah. they took advantage of like the 3D audio of the game. So if you're having if you have a headset that could do 3D Fucking audio, voices and shit, you'll yeah. hear voices like around you, and it's supposed to make you kind of get a sense of uh, what it's like to have that kind of mental condition and just hear voices from various places. And like it's supposed to make you like look over your shoulder, like who, where did that voice come from? Yeah, and stuff like that. Uh, so the, those are the things I find interesting about. Um, oh god, the developer. What, what was their name again? What? Ninja Theory. Yeah. Like, that's what I find you interesting about Ninja that's Theory. I confused. I was like, who are you talking about? Sorry. No, like, so that those are the things I find interesting about Ninja Theory is they're really good storytelling and, like, innovative way of developing games. I don't really see any of that so far in Bleeding Edge as, like, a hero shooter, arena th- shooter thing or whatever it is. Like, I don't know. Like, I have confidence in the studio as, like, they make good games. But this is just like very different from the things that they've done that have interested me in the past. So we'll we'll see how this one goes. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, there was some Age of Empires news. They showed a gameplay trailer or a site like trailer for Age of Empires Four, which I was really excited for. Like, all right. So I remember I told you guys RTSs. I fucking love that shit. Like that was one of my favorite things in middle school was RTSs, and my favorite thing was Age of Empires. And I love two specifically, and three actually. Two and three, like definitely. There's only three, but you know, uh, they are coming out third version of two, definitive edition, and it has another new campaign. It's like Mongolians and stuff. But Age of Empires four, I'm like thinking, okay, one was BC era, two was like medieval feudal era that kind of stops right at the cusp of the Spanish exploration of the Americas. And then, basically, Age of Empires 3 is the entire, like, America's timeline. So, from the discovery of the New World to uh, right before the Civil War, it looked like. Because, hmm. like, you can get Gatling guns and ironclads at the very end. Oh, okay. So, it kind of stops there. So, you know, you think, alright, well, what's the end of Empires when it comes to world history, really, for the most part? And what age would there be? And you go, oh... World War One, and so I'm thinking this whole time like it's gonna be industrial. It's gonna be industrial era to World War One. So like basically all like 1800s to early 1900s, and I'm like, oh yeah, baby, let's do this. And then they're like, yo, it's fucking medieval again. 
<laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? And it look all right. Don't get me wrong. It looks crazy. Like there's a lot more depth in it. Like you can instead of like, oh, you have all the units, and there's a wall separating you from other people. Instead, the walls are fucking massive. You put troops on walls, and like all this other stuff. Like it, it, it's it's more, there's a lot more depth to it. It's like basically looking at Call of Duty Four to now Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Mm. Like it's it was that kind of change. But the only issue is that everyone thought it was going to be like Industrial Revolution. Hmm. So that was the. Uh, so it was like, oh shit. And I cracked up though, because I looked at the comments below the trailer, and everyone's like, Age of Empires 2, 2, <laughs> let's go. And it was, it's all these, dude, they fucking. Oh, there was so many good ones. I was dying. Like, it, I, 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 I can't help it. I agree. I agree with them. I wanted, I wanted the, you know, the industrial era. Will I, will I get this? Fuck yeah. Will I play the shit out of it? Fuck yeah, I will. It looks fucking awesome. It's just not necessarily what I was expecting or hoping for, but it's more of what I like, so I'm not angry, if that makes sense. Alright. But now I'm like, Go Age of Empires 5 Industrial, fucking do it though, like, get, get it done. Uh, but okay, next up. Uh, Halo Reach, coming December 3rd to PC and Xbox for the Master Chief Collection. Yeah, that's really cool that they keep adding the games that were like missing at launch, like just over time. Yeah, like, I really wasn't expecting that because you know basically like this is the final edition to the Xbox One. Mm. This is the first one coming out for PC. Oh really? Yeah. So they they, they don't all release at once because they're still working on them oh. for the PC port. So basically, uh, it's me Reach, and then I think it's coming out in chronological order. So it's me Reach, then uh, Combat Evolved, then two, then three, then ODST, then four, I think. But oh. for now, it's just gonna be Reach, which, dude, PC people are gonna everyone's everyone's hyped up. Everyone's like, one, I get to play Reach again finally. Two, it's gonna be on PC. Like, you don't really need too much more for a while. Like, the, having these games on PC are really gonna, they could take their time with this. As long as they, it really comes down to as long as they come out with all of them before Infinite, they're fine. I don't think they even really need to do that, but that would probably be as part of them. To you do. honestly, you'll want. The way I see it, they can really do a roadmap where they do all all of them on the Master Chief Collection. And then if there's if they want to, I don't know if they want to, they can put Halo 5 out on PC finally, if they want to. And then, like, just have all these back-to-back Halos, and then you just be like, alright, time for Infinite, so it's, everyone's hungry. Everyone's hungry for the new thing. It's actually a really good strategy if they do it that way. They just time it out, and it's like every two months is a new Halo game on PC. That That's what I would do. That would be smart. Yeah. Okay. Uh, other than that, there's just a couple updates with xCloud and Game Pass. Uh, xCloud is getting like 50 new games being added to the streaming service that you can try for the early access people and whatnot. Uh, it's including like Madden 20, so it's not necessarily just like... It's not like Game Pass games necessarily, so it's more like, oh, there's more third-party games like that, so it's bigger ones you could play on the go, uh, which is pretty cool. Like I said, I have an iPhone, can't do it. Uh, but now... James, guess what they're adding for support for controllers? Wait, so if iPhones can't do it and they didn't have controllers before, what were people playing? No, they were doing Android phones with Xbox controllers. Oh, okay. Huh. But no, because they don't they haven't they haven't beta they didn't put out a beta for iPhone. Okay. But it's supposed to come out on iOS, I believe. Yeah, eventually. But they just added support for the DualShock 4. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Yeah, so it's potentially, you basically, pl- you could play Halo 5 with a PS4 controller. Weird. Yeah. 
Okay. Ah. I'm at, I want to. I want you to think about that. Where I like I said, I'm not really interested in XCloud or Stadia. It's just not my thing. I don't want to play in a small screen, a big game like that. But for kicks and for shits and giggles, I want to be like, yeah, I'm just playing Halo on my iPhone with my PlayStation controller. How's everything? Go-? Like it sounds so ridiculous because it's like when I made a, I cracked up about, hey, I'm watching Halo on my PlayStation with the Halo Legends with the Blu-ray. Back then, because back then, uh, 360s didn't have Blu-rays, and oh, PS3s yeah. did, so it's just ironic. Okay, yeah, so that's it. Uh, Game Pass stuff that it was just kind of crazy. Yakuza games and Kingdom Hearts games, and I think Final Fantasy games are all coming to Game Pass, which I thought was crazy. Pretty, pretty fucking crazy. But okay. Game that's... Pass just keeps on becoming more and more worthwhile. It's like yeah, insane. Yeah, they're doing a good job, man. And one last bit of gaming news. Uh, it was more of just like, I thought this was nice was uh, Elon Musk actually donated $1 million to a tree planting charity drive uh, because of uh, that was organized by YouTubers and Fortnite streamers, apparently. Yeah. And that basically uh, will help the Arbor Day Foundation plant 20 million trees. So I don't give a shit about Fortnite or anything like that, but this kind of thing, this is this is important. This is really cool. Yeah, it would like, be really nice if more people that have like spare money like that to spend donated their money to shit like helping the environment. Hell yeah, and it's like I don't even. Well, actually, we'll talk about it another time because we're actually we're almost at an hour, which is oh. crazy. Uh, but I mean, it's not too bad, guys. Last time I was fucking two over two hours. This time we're gonna. The, the we're TV stuff we're going to be a lot shorter with, but like we'll be we'll be fast. It's okay. Well, hour and a half tops, guys. Yeah. I semi promise. Not really. We'll, we'll see. see. All right. <laughs> so that's it for gaming. We'll go into stuff watched, which I'll just really fast talk about the Mayans show. Uh, I finished the second season of Mayans. It was only ten episodes. It's FX, so FX really they don't do quantity. They just do quality. Where they're not doing like 20 episodes for a season or something for their shows. It's very much usually like 8 to 10, which is actually a really nice number. But like I said before previously about the show, I really like it because it's a very nice show of just like Mexican or Latin representation as well as actually American Indian as well. Where you're, you're getting more like stuff like this where it just feels very natural. It's not like shoehorned in and like certain other... Uh, instances of film and tv in the past sometimes and there's not usually that often of time that you get a show like this where it's just that natural with it and it also it like it it does hit certain modern current events and situations like immigration like walls and trump shit and like other things like that it it really it, it comes into it and they really do address it well because it's very much just like people being in the front. It's not about the politics of it. They're just like, well, I'm here. This person's here. I'm just going to do whatever I think is correct to do in this situation since it's just like being a person, I guess. Mm. And I really, I've always appreciated that. But honestly, the, the show really stayed consistent where it gets the story it's telling done as well as like keeps, it has all these sub stories going on like the overall thing is like it's following the main character easy reyes who's like a prospect who's becoming a member eventually and it follows other bikers have each one as like their own small subplot that you see 
not every episode, but you see like it, it reemerges or something like that. And it's just one little part and they managed to do it in a good point where nothing oversteps the others. And it just kind of, it gets its stuff out there and known for the most part. Like it, they, they really do a good job of it. And I'm excited for when they do have a season three, which I love Sons of Anarchy, but this one just, I don't know. There's something that feels more natural about this one. Do you have to have watched uh, Sons of Anarchy to get Mayans? No, not at all. Oh, okay, cool. But there are characters in the Mayans that are from Sons of Anarchy, or there's a big... Tw- I will say this. At the end of the first season, there's a big twist that if you did not watch Sons of Anarchy, you will not understand it as much. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then I believe you had your show. Yeah, I got a few things to talk about since last we talked, because... Whatever. Anyway, uh, real quick, I watched the most recent, like the newest season of uh, the Dragon Prince, season three. Oh, nice! It's a really good show. Like, I if you're a fan of the uh, Avatar shows, because it's made by the same people. Like, it has, it feels like Avatar. It's not as good as Avatar. Not as good, right? Yeah, it's also like this weird. 3D like animate cell shading. Yeah, they went show. that route, which yeah, it never turns and, out like, the best. It doesn't bother me really, but it's I don't know. It's not my favorite like uh, art style, but I I mostly just really like the characters are really well written and like the world is really interesting. And the, what I mean by it feels like the Avatar is how like in Avatar there were like the four elements that the people were able to bend and stuff. But in this, there's like six different types of magic instead that are like very well defined that each one has like a different like domain that they do. Like sky magic is mostly like wind and things that help you like fly and also maybe lightning. And then there's also like sun magic, which is mostly fire and shit like that. It's a really cool, well done world. Um, I don't know. Like I wasn't, this last season was entertaining, but it really felt like they're still just building towards something later on. Because there's definitely, like, one major bad guy who's, like, this elf who's very clearly pulling the strings of the guy who's doing all the bad shit so yeah. far. And we haven't really gotten much of a hint to what his true plans are. and Which is, that's clearly where they're going, eventually. But... I don't know. It was again one of those things where after like the last episode of the season, I was like, "Oh, that's where they—they're they're just gonna end it." Like what feels like a midway through the season again. So it's—it's it's just ongoing. Anyway, but like one other thing that I saw that was really really interesting that I forgot to put on my list last time was a the HBO miniseries Chernobyl, and like I could talk about it for a while because it was just absolutely fascinating. But I don't want to make it go too long for the show. But basically. If you are even a little bit interested in learning about how bad, like, the Chernobyl disaster of, like, the uh, the nuclear power plant, not just, like, melting down, but, like, exploding, like, it could have been so catastrophically bad, at least according to the show, that if it had gone as bad as it could have, it would have made basically all of Europe uninhabitable for, like, at least 100 years. So if you want to know, like, how that even happens, a a catastrophe that bad, and how they fixed it by, like, basically throwing 
a shit ton of soldiers and civilians at the problem until it was fixed, and basically probably all of them died a horrible death. Like, I would... It's only five episodes, but I really couldn't recommend the show more, just because it was such a well-done drama, well-acted, well-written, and it's just, like, it's based on one of the most interesting events that's ever happened on this Earth, probably. Also, radiation sickness is a horrible way to die, if I'm going to be completely honest. Yep. Uh, then, one more thing, I think, besides the last thing we we're both going to talk about. Yep. Uh, yesterday, I saw a movie with my dad, uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, how was it? It was really interesting. <clears throat> like, I'm usually not into car movies, but this is basically, like, the story of how Ford Motor Company started to lose business in, like, the 60s, because... No one wanted just like a basic looking Ford car anymore. They wanted a sports car and Ford didn't do that. So they made plans to try to create a racing division to make their cars interesting again. And it became this thing where they tried to buy Ferrari because Ferrari, like that's what they did was they made good race cars. Like all they do is just make handmade custom cars. And apparently even... Even to this day, all their cars, none of them come from a factory. They're handmade. Uh, Which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but apparently Ferrari just used Ford to try to get Fiat to buy them. Because they were like, we don't want to be owned by an American company that makes cars in a factory. We want to be owned by another Italian company. If we're going to have to be sold, we're going to go with these guys. And so then, like, basically Enzo Ferrari, like who was in charge of Ferrari at the time, made it personal by insulting Henry Ford when he was like, no deal. Uh, he basically said, like, at least for the purpose of the movie, he was like, you're not Henry Ford. You're Henry Ford II. And he's just like, Ooh. yeah. So then Henry Ford II was like, okay, we're going to make this racing division. I don't care how much time it takes and how much money it costs. We're going to build a race car and we're going to bury that guy. <laughs> And so that's, was the, it was like a two and a half hour movie. And it was really, really well acted by like, I think, shit, Matt Damon? Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Matt Damon Christian Bale. And they're so well done. Like, and I, again, I'm usually not that into cars and stuff. But just like the level of engineering that went into building a car just to compete in this specific race, the 24 Hours of Le Mans, which is like a 24 hour car race. Yeah. Which I like literally had never heard of before. Anyway, my dad really wanted to see this movie, so I went yeah. to go see it with him. And I was just extremely entertained the entire time. And that's coming from someone who like generally doesn't really care about cars. It was just a really well done movie. Uh Okay, okay, I guess one more thing before The Mandalorian. I started watching The World According to Jeff Goldblum, and I just fucking love that show. <laughs> like I like documentary style shows, but Jeff Goldblum just really sells it because he's just so fascinated by everything. It like so far the episodes have been on shit like denim and like ice cream and shoes. And I don't know how, but he makes all of those like endlessly entertaining. Just because once, once I catch up with my current like cable Xfinity, whatever shows, I'm totally watching like I think that's the first show I'm watching besides, like, uh, the other Disney Plus exclusive stuff. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, I almost forgot there's one movie I forgot to talk about. I watched Terminator Dark Fate. Oh, really? How'd you like it? I actually did like it. I liked it a lot. Yeah? Uh, it was it was really fun. It was better than Terminator 3. 
This bear in Terminator 5 Genesis. I didn't see Salvation yet still, which I really, really need to. That's the fourth one with Christian Bale, I think. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, of course, better than... It wasn't better than Judgment Day, and it was not better than the first Terminator. It's really hard to get better than the first yeah. two. Those are, like, in- but amazing But it, it, it bypassed the other ones, which is what I would like to say. That's And good. It, it really does a good job of changing it up a bit. There's a twist in it that really... It really... I was like, but... But they fix it right, and they don't. And I'm just like, Oof. and it just cha- it changes it, and basically introduces to a, a new way of like, oh, this is how they could make it into a new trilogy if they want to. Hmm. Which I believe Tim Miller directed it, but from what I heard, he didn't like being kind of like backseat uh, directed, I guess, by James Cameron or something. Like hmm. he had a lot. It was pretty much like, this is Cameron's thing overall, so you do it exactly how he wants it. Oh. So he didn't like the freedom of not being able to do it, which I I get to an extent, but also, hey, remember the bad Terminators that Cameron didn't do? And yeah. remember this one is better because he had his hand in it? Or like Alita Battle Angel that he had the same type of hand in, but he had Robert Rodriguez direct it, which Rodriguez didn't have these issues apparently, and Alita did great too. So it's like this, I really like it because James Cameron only did like one thing that kind of made him fall, which is Avatar, which like, that movie was amazing. I know people make fun of it, but it's fucking amazing. It's visually stunning. Daniel's issue with it is that it's not like an original story, but I'm like, so? It's just like a really interesting world. It's an interesting world. It's the only thing that, that, literally the only thing that wasn't good was the story itself. But otherwise, like he, he makes a point of environmental... Like, you could tell there's environmental issues oh, yeah. and things like in it. Absolutely. And now he's coming out with the four new Avatar movies that are all underwater as well, which is, like I said, I love. it's going to be big under the environment, but also I love deep sea exploration, which he did do to get these movies. Like, the man really does... He went into the Mariana's Trench to raise the bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, basically, like, he, he really is, like, he could be an asshole in person, but he is still... I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. Like See, he, could be, he could be a shitty dude, but the, the man has such a good vision and really has a better... He has a better quality of himself than I would say a good amount of other filmmakers that, that just, like... Yeah. He just knows what to do. So that's the thing. Like, usually it is off-putting when someone is, like, super cocky and they're just like, oh, I'm the best or whatever. But if you literally are, like, the fucking best and he you can back that shit up... He doesn't say either. He just goes, hey, this is what I'm doing. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And yeah. it's like, yeah, we're doing this. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, and, like, that is a different brand of it, but, like, at the same time, this dude has made some of, like, the most amazing movies of all time. Yeah. Like, fucking Terminator, fucking aliens. The Abyss, was it, it was amazing. Aliens. A- fucking Aliens. Yeah. Titanic yeah. for certain people. Fucking Rose is stupid, though. Yeah. You could have saved him if you didn't do that, but no, you had to, you had to be together so you could watch him die, you, you son of a bitch. So, yeah, like, I don't... I don't really know what this drama is with the guy uh, from the ter- the new Terminator movie, but if James he was Cameron... the director of the first Deadpool movie. Oh right, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. It's just like again, it's not my field of expertise. But if James Cameron told me to do something some way, like, I might want right, to take his advice. Yeah, like shit. <laughs> but yeah, so Dark Fate, honestly, like uh, it's also pretty. It really does a good job of female empowerment, I would say, because it doesn't throw it in your face. It's not basically, it's not doing the thing where it's going, this is what we are, and you're like, you have to be like, I, I get it, you don't have to 
you have to, you have to tell me, like, respect that I understand it enough that you don't have to fucking spoon feed me this information. Like, it does it to a really good point of, like, uh, it just happens naturally. It just works. Mm. And everything. And you still have Schwarzenegger in it. And it's great. Yeah. I, I won't say what, because he's a specific one. And you'll just watch the movie and you'll basically find out everything. Uh, even, I think, critically, it did great. And it just kind of flopped in the box office of just, like, I guess, uh, people just didn't care. But honestly, like, people should see it. If not, just watch it however you can. Like, rent it, buy it digitally. Uh, I might even actually buy the buy it myself. I'm not even sure. Because uh, I, I really did like it. I, I liked it a lot. And it... It was another thing of like, oh look, check it out. It's a Latin. It's a, a Latina girl uh, that's in charge, or like the main character in this one. And there's also this girl. It's like just she's like a, the enhanced woman. Yes, yeah. she's an enhanced woman who's really fucking crazy. She's cool. Uh, and then you have Sarah Connor back and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then you have this dude that's also Hispanic. That's like or Latin. That is, uh... It was, like, the Rev-9? Yeah, he's a new Terminator. Uh, and it, it just, it works really well. And it just, like I said, this one just comes naturally. It does it correctly. And you just really love it. You love kind of having these three women just, like, do their shit and just fucking butt heads when it's, like... Because it's, like, let's do this. And Sarah Connor is just, like, no! And you're, like, oh, shit, yeah, don't argue with this woman. She's crazy. She'll kill you. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, my God, it's great. It's so good. Okay. Okay, so the last thing on my list that we can both talk about is... The Mandalorian. Yeah, I literally signed up for a Disney Plus, at least for the first week, just to see if Mandalorian was worth it. And, like, I kind of want to keep the subscription just to keep watching The Mandalorian, because, like, I I mean, it's only four episodes in. I don't know how long the season is going to be overall, but so far, like, it's consistently entertaining. I really like it. This is the first media of Star Wars I've liked in a long time. Since, I mean, like, naturally liked since, like, Rogue One, I guess. Which isn't necessarily long. Like, I really, I like Force Awakens. I liked Rogue One. I didn't like Last Jedi. I thought Solo was mediocre. And yeah. this one, just, this show, it just feels great. And I, I have a better feeling of it than I did have of Force Awakens and Rogue One. Just because this has, like, uh... It's a Western, and it just makes me happy like I did when the Clone Wars was at its height. So mm. pre... Actually, this is like... It's the best Disney Star Wars, I would say. Really? Yes. Uh, the last time I was... It was this... I had enjoyed something this much was before Disney bought it. Hmm. Uh, nothing was at that level because Disney was like, Yo, we canceled Clone Wars. Thanks, guys. We're coming out with a lower budget show now because we're Disney. And it's like, you have more money. That doesn't make any sense. Mm. But yeah. th this is the first live action, and it's slower paced, it's a western, and it's a Mandalorian. Which I get some people, they're like, oh, why is it so slow? And they're like, honestly, most people aren't used to it, because Star Wars movies are a lot faster paced, especially the newer ones. Like, yeah. honestly, like, the way they go and the action that they have, like, it's more of a short attention span type thing, whereas this is more of like... Uh, if you if you if you have a short attention span, good luck. Like you're not gonna be like, what's next? What's going on? Oh my god! Like you're not. That's not. This isn't for you. I and mean, there's some like great payoff if you're willing to wait for it though. 
Oh yeah, that's great. That's why I, that's why I like it. It's just like one-off adventures that are all linked, but like each one's an adventure. Each one's a tale to tell, and the the journey that this character goes through, where it's they're like, well, you don't learn anything about him, and you're like, the, the fuck, the what are you talking the about? Point, like, are you fucking stupid, man? Dude, like every time he uh, finishes a job in like the first couple episodes, you learn literally, something literally new. the only thing he's looking for to be paid in is like specifically like this ore that Bacar. Mandalorians used I to use. Beskar or ba- Yeah, Bes- Beskar steel or something Beskar like that. Steel. Yeah, it's like Mandalorian steel, but uh, I mean, he gets paid, he'll, he'll get paid in anything because like, it's true. still like he, he needs money for food, for fuel, things like that. But, but it's, that's it, like, that will interest him greatly, of course, if it's yeah. like that kind of thing. But in like the first episode, he earned enough like Beskar steel to forge like a, a shoulder poultry. pad. Yeah. And that was like a huge thing for him, apparently, and for anyone. If for like, because apparently, and what's interesting is that if you are not aware of the history of the Mandalorians, you might be a little bit confused. But like, basically, the I'm not even personally sure exactly why, but the Empire saw the Mandalorian race as like a possible. Um, What's the word? Well, what happens is... They were dangerous to the Empire. No. So, Clone Wars, the Mandalorians were sort of siding with uh, the Separatists at a certain point. Mm. Uh, But basically, there's a civil war. And then when the Empire rises, uh, one of the Mandalorians that are like a shitty clan basically side with the Empire. And then Mandalore basically joins the Empire of like, uh, they, they work with the Empire. And then a rebellion before the real like galactic rebellion and whatnot, uh, Mandalore does rebel, yeah, and they change the leadership. But then it kind of becomes you don't really know what happened because the you don't know what happened with the characters yet. You're still trying to find out, yeah. And most likely between then and now, the Imperials probably weren't the Imperials weren't happy with what the Mandalorians were doing, so yeah. they probably wiped them out. That that's the implication, and at least in this show, that seems to be where they're going with that. Like at some point, the Empire attacked Mandalore, and basically reduced it to nothing, and that's why the few Mandalorians that are left have to like band together and hide, like basically in the shadows, and rebuild their culture and their armor, like one piece at a time. Yeah, and their it seems like their culture is basically designed, or it, like it revolves around their armor and their weapons and being ultimate warriors. I mean, it's a warrior culture. Yeah. And also when they, if you remember the line from, uh, God episode, whichever one it was where like Darth Vader called in like the room full of bounty hunters and specifically went over to Boba Fett. It was like, no disintegrations. It makes a lot of sense now because apparently the Mandalorian's gun is like known, like that's what it does. Yeah. It's like, a bolt action rifle where he like has to load each individual shot, but each shot like literally just disintegrates whatever he hits. And it's like, it's a really cool gun. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, so how would you, how do you feel about this show? Like, do you, do you feel really good about it just to kind of finish up? Cause we could talk a lot more about it, which yeah. honestly guys, we totally will. I feel like as each episode comes out, I am more than comfortable with like talking about each episode. Have you watched episode four yet? Yes. Dude, like, I don't want to spoil 
too much. But when that at at that's the hard part. We also can't. I don't want to spoil this show. Yeah, when that ATST like get like turns on and gets up, I was just like, oh shit! I can see how those things are fucking terrifying. When yeah, you're like you on you the ground. Think about it when you're playing like Rogue Squadron or Battlefront. You're like, yeah. it's a bit. It's an annoyance, but like we'll take it out. And then in this one, you're like. Oh, oh Jesus! Yeah, it's like oh yeah. If you're not properly armed, these things are like fucking death on legs. <laughs> yeah, imagine the the crazier shit, though, of course. Yeah, so like, I the last couple episodes in particular have had some really amazing moments that I was just like, holy shit! I just want to see more of this. Yeah, and honestly, we'll we'll talk kind of. We can really do many talks about each episode as each week comes out. But when the season finishes, we can go into a full spoiler discussion and just go crazy. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. All right, so we're going to get into the movie TV show news. First off, oldest one we got, but we want to talk about it. So the Long Night Show, I was really hyped about, and we were looking forward to. Yeah, I really want to know more about that world, like that a part of the Game of Thrones like world history. It was like literally the most interesting part is now dead. So uh-huh. it was a pilot that was filmed already, and it was starring Naomi Watts. Uh, basically, the uh, the lack of pickup with the cast and crew, uh, the whole thing was like, uh, let me find the update. After careful consideration, we have decided not to move forward to uh, forward with the series of Untitled Game of Thrones prequel. We thank Jane Goldman, S.J. Clarkson, and the talented cast and crew, which I believe they're the showrunners or something, or like the the people that are in charge of like the show itself, yeah. uh, and talented cast and crew for all their hard work and dedication. Uh, the whole thing was this show was going to be the long night. It was going to be the Age of Heroes, where you see the origins of the White Walkers. You potentially see the war with the Children of the Forest. You see the First Men only, which means a lot of the Starks and other houses that are either gone. Or just, like, ancient ones that are far and few, like the fucking Umbers and, I think, the Boltons and the the Danes, the Blackwoods, the Brackens. All these different ones from, like, the Riverlands, Dor, and everything else before the Dornish showed up, before the Andals showed up, like, the Lannisters, before freaking Targaryens showed up. Like, uh, it was going to be the most interesting thing, and it was probably the coolest thing. I wanted to see it. But apparently it wasn't working so well at all that they don't even want to move forward with it. Like, this was act- this was the, the one that should have been the best. And it didn't work, which really, really sucks. That's I'm actually... so sad, because, like, that could have been such an interesting story to tell. Yeah, and it's what's, what sucks even more, too, is the fact that, like, it feels like this franchise or, like, this world is dying for me a little bit. Because yeah. it's like the... Uh, George Rill and Martin's just fucking killing me with the books. The show, the, the the big show, the show of all shows fucking ended with just like, with its pants between its legs and it fell over and it was just dead. It just died a shitty death because it shit itself. Yeah, and it then like this an show was like... Super fast. Yeah, and this show was like, yo, we're gonna change it. And you kind of forgot here and there because of the way Game of Thrones exited really left you with a really, really shitty taste. Mm-hmm. And this was like, oh, this should be like, this could change things and fi- not, not fix it, but this could make you feel better. And now it's gone. But instead, we're getting something else, which still, I'm like, cool, but also I don't care as much, I'm going to be honest. Like, the Targaryens are cool, they're just not the most interesting thing to me. 
the new show, which was the other one that was announced, uh, they said they picked up two shows. This was the other one. Or no, they picked up three, I thought. Maybe. I don't know. But now there's I, two. I think yeah. there's still a mysterious one, but this one, yeah, there's. I think they're mysterious unannounced ones still, which they should just make it the long night again. I don't fucking know. Just start over. Try again. Do it. It's better. Uh, same day as the cancellation of the long night. Of course, they, they're very smart with it because why would you leave that bad news? You need something to distract people with at the yeah. same time. So a new prequel called House of the Dragon, which is, of course... Dragons, Targaryens, of course, which means it's either going to be, uh, let's see, yeah, so it's exactly what I thought, which George Railroad Martin totally teased it before with his new book, Fire and Blood, which I refuse to read until he gives me my fucking Winds of Winter release date, at the very least. Uh, that book basically goes through the history of the Targaryens, but I think in a more book-style presentation, whereas there is a history of them in the book World of Ice and Fire, where it kind of goes through what the leaders were known for, each king or queen of the Seven Kingdoms that was a Targaryen. So this will be a more in-depth thing about, like, each leader, I believe. It's more of, like, an it's an anthology of the different Targaryens. And this show, it sounds like, is inspired by it, which means it's going to have that kind of feeling of, like, uh, uh, just, like, oh, this either portion of the show is about this character, maybe it's a few episodes. I don't know if it's going to be like each episode is a different leader or each like few sets of episodes is a, is the leader and then they move on or something like that. You mean like going like fast forwarding through the entire line of the, uh, yes. the Targaryens? Like, will this, will this King be an episode and then their son is the next episode? Like, It'd be interesting it be like if it was like an anthology series of like each I could see, like, a short season for each character. Right. And what it sounds like is going to be a... Let's see. Who is it going to be in charge? The This one is co-created by George Railroad Martin and uh, Ryan Condal. And uh, the executive producer and director, Miguel Sapochik, who did, of course, Spell of the Bastards and The Long Night, which was... Well, we all know how that was. Uh, we'll see how they do with this. Uh, what was the release date, I believe? They said, uh, what did they say that was coming out? I feel like they said it somewhere. I can't remember. But I, I feel like it's either coming the end of this year or it's coming the following year. It's either 2020 or 2021. Most likely it's going to be like fall 2020 when this would come out, potentially. Right. We'll see, though. I thought... It said um, it was going to have an October 30th release date, but I could be wrong. I think it, the news came out on October 30th is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Mm. So there's no set release date, but we'll, we'll just see how it goes. Um, fuck. I wanted Long Night. I'll watch House of the Dragon. Yeah. But I want Long Night. And then if George Railroad Martin has a big hand in this show, I might not watch it. <laughs> and just be like, fuck you, make me once a winter. Yeah. At least that. Like, yeah, just give me, me the, the fucking, fucking book. book, bro. Just give like, me the book. Like, I don't want to be one do of those it. people that is just like, fucking do your job. But it's like... Do, do your job, bro. Yeah. Like, give me the book. But that's Go the thing. On. Like, he's been sitting on this book for like, how fucking long? Like, it's... It's been a while. It's been yeah. a while since uh, Dance book Dragons came out 2011? 
Really? Uh, yeah, it's been like eight years. Okay, Damn, we're, we're, we're here, closing on an hour and a half. So this isn't all. So there's also some cosmic justice in the world. I know it's also fucked up to say it, but I can't help it. The, you, you've left me with such a fucking sour taste, guys. D&D, a.k.a. or a.k.a. D&D, but really David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the showrunners, of course, of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Remember when we told, when he said there was a uh, Star Wars trilogy they were working with? Yep. This So it was separate from Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy, and now Kevin Feige's doing his Star Wars movie. Yeah. But their trilogy is no longer happening. Yeah. So, so eh. it's been canceled by Lucasfilm, not them. And apparently their schedule is full up because of the Netflix deal. So Lucasfilm was like, the no. It was so the planned trilogy was supposed to schedule to release in 2022 and I guess most likely be like every other year, I would assume. And now uh, with all this, though, like, uh, I'm, other stuff will take... I think that's why they did the Kevin Feige Star Wars, to take place there instead and kind of fill that void that they're doing. But also, the... It was Lucasfilm that, was th- that ended this, not them. But what they said, uh, this is what D&D said, there are only so many hours in the day, and we felt we could not do justice to both Star Wars and our Netflix projects, so we are regretfully stepping away. I believe that was Lucasfilm, exactly, that, that did it. And they were not happy with, uh, yeah, because it's more complicated result of growing friction between with the executives at Lucasfilm. Uh, the deal with Netflix raised concerns about their ability to prioritize Star Wars, especially in the eyes of Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy was not convinced the pair, known for focusing on one project at a time, (sighs) could truly juggle a sci-fi trilogy while also overseeing film and TV projects on Netflix. Sources say that as the duo shopped for a new overall deal over the summer, they told potential suitors that they plan to juggle new projects and work on Star Wars at the same time. It was funny. <laughs> you couldn't even do a fucking six-season show, but you think you could do multiple movies on Star Wars? Are you that fucking dense? Like, what? what is wrong with you? Yeah, like, on the one hand, I, I just, like, you already had a deal with Disney to do a fucking Star Wars trilogy. Why were why when Netflix? I, I could only assume that Netflix approached them for like whatever they were plan, are currently working on. Otherwise, it just seems really yeah really stupid that they yeah. would go to Netflix and be like, "Hey, can we add something else to our plate?" It's just like I cannot believe they sided with Netflix over Star Wars. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like so you rushed out of Game of Thrones. To supposedly bring us a, a Star Wars trilogy that is now not happening. That's not happening anymore. That is so the you most basically. So for me, that's, it feels. Ever. Yeah, well, I guess you could see it as that. that like they ruined Game of Thrones, so I, now I, they don't I just get Star see Wars. It as that. I don't know if that's for the me, case, my, but it just makes me feel good. My first feeling towards it was like, so you ruined Game of Thrones for nothing, then? Yeah. Like, we don't, we're not even getting, like, whatever mediocre Star Wars you were probably going to make anyway. So, the mediocre Star Wars would have been the origin of the Jedi. So, it would have been... Oh. Remember the rumors where it was going to be the Old Republic? It would have been pre-Old Republic. 
That could be a really cool story if they actually yeah, do do it that. Yeah, would like how the Jedi were cre- like how the Jedi became Jedi. Right? But like, given how these two dudes handled the end of Game of Thrones without like the storytelling of George R. R. Martin to like guide their way, I don't th- really give. I don't think they could handle the Old Republic and do it justice. Definitely, I, I don't think they would have either. But yeah, that's uh. That's everything with D&D, Game of Thrones, Long Night, fucking that. Uh, we don't do book news here, but I think George Rowan Martin said he's basically not focusing on the shows, he's focusing on the book. So, he's... He was, said he'll live a little bit longer for He now. said something recently about, like, I promise I'll get it finished oh, within wait. the last oh, year. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hang, hang on, huh? hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, what does he say? Pro- he, he, pro- he, George Rowan Martin promised... That he will not write the scripts for Game of Thrones prequel series House of the Dragon until he finishes writing his next book, Winds of Winter. Which means the show might take even longer to come out. <laughs> okay. Uh, and yeah, it's a 10 episode first season, I forgot to say, for House of the Dragon as well. So, it sounds uh, okay. like we might not... We could get it next year, or the year after, if he finishes the book. Which means, you better finish that book, George. Better finish that fucking book. It's Gotta get that HBO money. Give me that fucking book, dude. Just give me the goddamn book. So, all right. That's uh, that's pretty much... Uh, oh, last piece of news really fast. Uh, Andy Serkis is Alfred. Interesting. In the Batman. So, the Batman movie... I keep forgetting they have plans to make a new Batman. Yes. So, I also have some clarification for it. So, this is really interesting. So, this is the Batman movie... The one with uh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Supposedly is Bruce Wayne. And it's got... Uh, now Andy Serkis is Alfred. Uh, potentially they're... Professor the, Claw. <laughs> we, we have some good people in it. We got uh, the guy... I forgot what, what his name is. is playing the Riddler. And... Uh, oh, they did say who that was. Yeah, potentially there's a rumor now that Colin, uh, Colin Farrell will play uh, Penguin, potentially. He could. Colin Farrell? Yeah. Weird. Bullseye. Whoa, that's even <laughs> okay. That's even weirder because like this. If it, if anyone wants to know, I frequently mix Look, up. Look, Daredevil little... became Batman. Why can't Bullseye become Penguin? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I I frequently forget, or, or not forget, but like mix up Will Ferrell and Colin Farrell in my head. So I thought I was oh. I was thinking Will Ferrell because it was like, well, he could be a funny Penguin, maybe. Although the Penguin's not no, supposed Will to be Ferrell's a funny gonna person. Play a Joker. I mean, I still find it hilarious that Danny DeVito played the show, the Penguin. <laughs> it, it, was, uh, uh, it was great. But, uh, the, so, this movie is in the DC Extended Universe. Really? But, remember I said it was in the 90s. So, True. I got some clarification. I, I, I looked it up. So, Matt Reeves says, basically, when this came out, was when they first announced this. The Robert Pattinson... Batman, the Batman, even if it's a trilogy, it's in the 90s. He said that this he is for these movies, he will not be playing, he will not be, like, in a role alongside the other members of the Justice League. Okay. So this is a 90s-based movie that is, it's basically a prequel to the Batfleck Batman. Okay. It's, it's before Ben Affleck's Batman, but it is that Batman. It is him when he's younger. I would actually be okay with it if they make the last movie in the trilogy, um, uh, Death in the Family, 
or whatever. Where yeah, we'll see. We'll see so how what, they do. What it. was the storyline where the it Joker? Was Death in the family. That was Joker. Yeah. So I think they'll do that. What I want then? What I hope they do? I know he left, but they they don't need to make a movie. Just bring back Ben Affleck. Just bring him back as Batman for Justice League. Just do it. Just fucking do it. Because I told you, right, the, the Batman movie he was going to do was going to be like him in Arkham Asylum and some shit. It was going to be really crazy. I, I know they had some, like, plans for it, but I wasn't sure if anything was, like, nailed down yet. Yeah, no, it, it really sounded cool, which uh, that's all the news we have for today. Uh, well, if you want to hear more Batman news as it comes out, keep listening. Uh, not today, but of course. Uh, we're also going to do the physical versus digital media talk next time because i don't want to go too much over the hour and a half that we've done which isn't too bad but you know uh we'll save that for whenever we have a more light episode that's around an hour if you guys want to comment on anything positive or negative give us like feedback or anything also if you have any questions you want us to talk about on the show please email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com if you want to follow the show on twitter Please do. It's at Sutra Side Talk. If you want to follow James on Twitter, follow him at InvaderJim124. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me at GoGoComzilla. Also, if you guys want to help us out, all you got to do, please, just uh, do everything from like whatever uh, subscri- whatever service you're using. Uh, either like, subscribe, give us a positive review. If it's uh, iTunes, give us a positive review, subscribe. Spotify, please like us, subscribe, things like that. Uh, that kind of stuff helps us out because it kind of gets us out there more. We don't do any ads. We don't ask for any money or anything. We actually literally, there's no way to give us money anyway. We, we don't have anything set up either. Uh, so it's really We thought just about like, a Patreon at some point, but we haven't pulled that trigger yet. Yeah, it's a, I, we wanted to wait till there was an actual following to even yeah. try that. Uh, so if you can do any of that stuff, that would really help us out. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we've got. Uh, oh, I almost forgot. Release the Snyder Cut, guys. <laughs> I fully support. Even Batman and Wonder Woman are calling for it Yeah, now. Fucking, fucking release it. Just do it. It's, it, can't be be on... as, it can't be as bad as having Joss Whedon in it. Like, what? You could do it. You want to be on the side of the Justice League, right? Yeah, fucking do it. Release the Snyder Cut. I, I, I want this to happen. I'm dead serious, too. Like, let's do it. But okay, that's the show. You guys have a good time. We'll probably, hopefully, record next week unless James is busy with school. We'll see how next week goes. Yeah, but we'll probably have more. We'll have a lot more recent news. Uh, we'll probably have a more confined episode like uh, we've been planning or like we've been trying to do where it's like, uh, just, uh, two to three gaming and two to three movie TV news pieces plus like whatever we played and watched to a a certain extent. So it gets to that hour count that we're trying to aim for to make life easier on us and on you for listening. But yeah, that's, uh, that's the show for this. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening.